Welcome to the Abundant Life Church Podcast, equipping people to live successful Christian lives. Listen, we're starting a new series, Take Back Your Life Today, learning to think right so that you can live right. So if you don't think right, you can't live right. That's so true. The Bible has a lot to talk about when it comes to our thinking and our living and how that goes together. The Bible even says, as a man thinks in his heart, so is he. So your life is a product of your thoughts. How many of you realize that? Your life is a product of your thinking every single day. Maybe it's you've gone through loss, there's been negativity, there's been a negative impact. But when that happens and you stand face to face with a real setback or a a real loss, and maybe you've realized you've forfeited something in a a relationship with another person, in, in your relationship with God, that you understand the full weight of that and how that full weight of that um of your future now rests on the person that you look at in the mirror every single day. And how you respond decides your future. That's so true. Proverbs 14. 12 tells us there's a way that appears to be right, right, but in the end it leads to death. There, 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 there's a way that seems right to man, but, but in the end it ultimately leads to death. And so you've got to understand it's not what happens to you that has the greatest influence on your life. It's how you and I respond to it in our life. How satisfied are you with your life right now at this moment. If you're not satisfied, I want to let you know that there's a way that, and there's things that you can do to have a better life in Jesus Christ. That's so true. The reason why this is so important is that you and I need to be fully on board, fully committed, fully engaged to take back your life. It is your life, right? So you need you. You need you. Turn to the person next to you and say, you, you need you. Come on, you, you need you, right? You need you. No, John, I just need Jesus. Well, yes, we all need Jesus, but listen, you need you, and you didn't need to be on board and committed to taking back your life if you're not satisfied with your life today. Things maybe that you are looking at right now in your life and saying, you know what, Things that are alive are dead in my life, and they shouldn't be that way. Whether family or it's a relationship, whether it's your marriage today, it could be your career, it could be your dreams today that should be alive, but they're dead inside of you. And I want to look in Scripture today in a couple portions of Scripture, Philippians chapter 4, verses 12 through 13, that the Apostle Paul makes this very personal to every single person here. He says, I know how to get along with little, and I also know how to live in prosperity. And we're going to talk about this today. I want you to notice the word I in these scripture verses. I know how to get along with little. I also know how to live in prosperity in any and every circumstance. I've learned the secret of being filled and going hungry, both of having abundance and suffering need. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. I want us to say that last portion together. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. And I want you to hold on to that in your mind. We're going to come back to that by the time we get done. Hold in your mind that there are four eyes inside of those passages. 
Now listen, I'm going to make it very clear like I did for the first service. This message is not for every person here. What do you mean by that? Well, what I mean by that is there are some people who are happy playing video games all day long. Help them, Lord. There are some people that are just uh, interested in watching old reruns all day long, right? There are some people who are comfortable where they are and how they are and where their life is headed or not even headed today. But, but you got to understand there are some people that are looking for the next celebrity crisis and that's all they're interested in. Or they're trolling on the internet. Everybody's big and bad behind a computer. Let's step out from behind it, right? Right? Trolling other people, saying things, degrading, right? People that only look at their phone. I think, I, you know, I remember a couple of weeks ago, uh, I was walking through a store and there were a couple of teenagers coming towards me and they didn't see me because all their heads were down. <laughs> right? <laughs> look, I got to get out of the way. Right? Sometimes we're tuned in and focused to all the wrong things in our life, right? But there are some people here that are not satisfied with where they're at in their life and how they're living it right now. And they know that they're not where they're meant to be or who God's called them to be at this moment. They're not living the life that God has planned for them to live. And, And that's who this message is actually for. I just want to bring clarity right from the beginning. See, the tragedy of life doesn't lie in not reaching your goals. The tragedy lies in having no goal to reach. It isn't a calamity to die with dreams unfulfilled, but it's a calamity not to dream at all. It's not a disaster to be unable to capture your ideal. It's a disaster to have no ideal in your life, right? Not failure I'm talking about, but, but no aim is sin. Theologically, it's very accurate because sin means to miss the mark. See, there's a mark, there's an ideal plan, and that's the purpose of God for your life and mine. You know, I don't know about you, but we use GPS in our vehicles, right? It's, it's annoying to set the GPS in your car and you decide to stop, do something, pull off the side of the road, go to a restaurant, whatever, and it keeps talking to you right? Do a U-turn. Turn left. Turn left. Turn left. It annoys me. I'm not sure about you, but when I'm in the car alone, I tell it to be quiet. That's a nice way. To say it. Right. GPS is trying to get me back on track where I'm supposed to be going. Many times in life, we don't want to hear God's voice. We don't want to hear what other Christians have to say into our lives and telling us or don't want counsel or they don't want a sermon. And that's saying, get back over here. Get back into alignment. Get back. My prayer is we will surrender to the voice of God in his plan and getting back onto the path he has for our life. So let's talk about you today. The key person to all of your progress, incredibly, fearfully, wonderfully made, Scripture says, you. The I can do anything through Christ who strengthens me. Can we talk about you? I'm going to talk about the you that God created you to be. The you that God created you to be in these next few moments together. You were made in the image of God. In Genesis 1.27, so God created mankind in his own image And in the image of God, he created them, male and female, he created them. You're not a monkey wearing pants. 
Hello? You're not a monkey wearing pants, right? God made humans male and female to be like him. And listen, we, we need more Christians to lovingly be able to stand up and say, you know what? I'm comfortable and confident in how God made me as a male, right, and to live for him that I don't get to define myself because God has already defined me, and I'm okay with that. Amen? And if you're a female, then God's made you a female and be confident in that and live that out in these days. Amen? We need to do that. Because the problem is, we keep trying to redefine what God has already defined. Amen? And we're, we're, we're in a world of mess because of it. God has already defined us. He's called us by name. We're fearfully, we're wonderfully made. And we need to stand on that. I'm talking about you today. You're stronger than you think you are. You're greater than you know. That your fullest potential hasn't even been tapped. I'm not, I'm not spewing out just positivity here. Your greatest potential in your life has not even been tapped yet. Your power is underutilized. You underestimate what you can do with God's help and what you're capable of doing. With your words, you can bring life down, and with your words, you can lift life up. God has made you powerful. Matter of fact, Job 22, 28 says, You will also declare a thing, and it will be established for you, so light, your light will shine on your ways. I love that's New King James Version. Here's what NIV says, what you decide on will be done and light will shine on your ways. It's so powerful to know that what we declare in alignment with God's word, he said those things will come about and they will be established for you. Your words bring down, your words lift up. What are your beliefs today? What are you focused on? Is it focused on truth or is it focused on doubt? And, and if you're a Christian, you, you and I are called to listen to God's voice and listen to God's word. Uh, there, there are Christians that are out there that are listening to culture and what the world thinks, and they have adapted that pattern, which is faulty thinking. I'd rather get my beliefs from the word of God, not Marxism, atheism, or secular media. Can I hear an amen? To the person who puts their beliefs in God's word and puts them into practice, he says they will be wise, and when the storms come and the winds blow, the house will stand firm. We go back to Genesis, um, and you look in, in these first couple of chapters, God asked Adam, who told you that? What are you listening to? Who, who told you that? And, and I just, I've got to just say this right here. This is the God of the universe standing in front of Adam. You would be shaking. If the God of the universe was standing in front of you and me, we would be shaking, wouldn't we? Because of who he is and the holiness of who he is. And, and I, I would be like, God, you're speaking to me? Just a minute. I need to check my pants for just a moment because I'm shaking inside. Right? Let's just get real. Reread this and like, oh, no big deal. This is the God of the universe. Who told you that? My, 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 my wife. <laughs> Go ahead and blame her. Go ahead and blame her, Adam. That's still happening today. You're a wimp. Eve's not much better. She's like the, 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 the serpent, right? 
So I'm trying to help you understand the power of you and get you in the right frame of mind in this series. God created you to be powerful because you have eternal value. Also, you and I have autonomy. And that means you are self-governing. You know, um, I go back hearing this growing up, and many of you did as well. The comedian Flip Wilson always said, the devil made me do it. I remember hearing that many times. Like everything he did wrong, the devil made him do it. There are some people who live like that. Well, the devil made me do it. But can I tell you, nobody and nothing can make you do anything that you decide not to do. You are self-governing because God took a huge risk on humanity, and that's why we have a free will. And let me tell you something. The greatest thing uh, about you compared to the rest of creation is your self-awareness and your power to choose. We have the power to choose. You and I have the ability to look in the mirror every day in the morning, and when your hair is messed up, you can straighten it, right? You also have the ability to look in the mirror when your attitude is wrong, and you can get it straightened out, right? When you've done wrong, you have the ability to say, I am sorry, please forgive me. That's a God-given potential. And this is what allows you the opportunity to govern your life. I mean, do you ever talk to someone who always has an excuse for not doing what they should be doing, right? You're not allowed to point at anybody, jab them at this point. If you know somebody like that, right? But did you look at them in the mirror this morning? Right? There's a guy in the Bible named Naaman. Naaman was a prominent military leader in Syria, and he had leprosy. And Elisha told Naaman in 2 Kings chapter 5 and verse 10, go dip in the Jordan River seven times. And, and instead of going, Naaman stayed home. He felt sorry for himself, Scripture tells us. He pouted. He reasoned it out. He made excuses. Like, I don't think I need to go do this. I don't even think that this is necessary you know, if God wants to do that, then he can come right here and do that because I'm, I'm right here. God, you can send me to a cleaner river, a, a closer river. I mean, why do I have to go to Israel? He starts talking about rivers up in Syria. And he's like, in this passage, it even says, well, you can just wave his hand. It's hard to help people like that. You know that? It's hard to help anybody like that. And there's something I've learned the older I get in ministry, that I didn't know young in my ministry, and that's this. As a pastor, I can't help people who won't help themselves, and neither can you. They have got to want help to get out of what they're going through. It's like make a note to sell, three big reasons how to live for Christ. One, put God first. I can't do that for you. You can do that for you. You can because you have the power to, the power of the choice to do that. Number two, get planted in the house of the Lord. Stop making excuses. If you want to live your best life, put God first. Get planted in the house of the Lord. The Bible says if you're planted in the house of the Lord, you're going to flourish, which means you're going to become fruitful. Amen? Third, be a disciple of Jesus. Be a lifelong follower of not what other people say or what the media says, but what the Word of God says. Pay attention to what Jesus is saying. The world's way doesn't work. Look around you. It doesn't work today. It never has. So back to Naaman. The point I'm making is while Naaman was reasoning 
it all out, a maid in his house became a motivational speaker in his life. She started speaking life into him and reminding him the man in the mirror can make a decision now that's better than the decision he's making. And it's going to be better if he will follow it. If you just make a decision, what do you, what do you have to lose, Naaman, by going down to the river that the man of God told you to go to in the first place? You're a leper, and to Naaman's credit, he did listen to her. And he would not have been healed if he would have just sat in his house. He realized that being self-willed and stubborn wasn't the way for his life to get better. But when he stopped putting it off and he took steps of faith, a miracle happened in his life. We see this in the Bible over and over and over again. We see people take initiative, got started, kept following God's ways. You can make a right decision. And here's what we need to know through the power of the Holy Spirit. The more internal government we have, the less external government you need. That you make right choices based upon God's word because the Holy Spirit is speaking truth that is right into your life. You can't take your life back without you. I can't take my life back with just me. I'm going to need help. You're also eternal. It's not if you will live forever, but, but where? 300 years from now, you'll still be alive. How many of you know this? We're all living in a, in a tent, right? Pinch yourself. You don't think that. The Bible calls this a tent. We are living in a tent. Some have a small pup tent. Some have a larger tent. But we all live in a tent. Are you with me? We all live in a tent. Just take that how you want it. I love you, right? We're living in a tent. It's temporary. For, for a season, we don't even know how long. To do God's will, to follow the next step in our life. You will live eternally, but what you do for God now will go with you into the next life. Knowing the difference between the temporal and the eternal is so vital, for sure. You know, and I just want to say this here that we're not here every week to entertain your kids or your students and you because what we teach is eternal, not temporal. How much of your time are you giving to the things that are eternal versus the things that are temporal? What are you taking into your life on a daily basis that is eternal and giving greater amounts of your time towards that than the things that are temporary? And so you have to realize that, that we want to encourage you as parents to teach your students and teach your kids uh, the eternal so that when your kids leave you, they don't leave God and they don't leave the church. Can I hear an amen? So that when you leave them, they're anchored in the Lord and they're anchored in the church. Jesus is building his church. He has placed the church on earth in his divine plan for us. You are eternal. What are you doing right now with your life? And what you're doing with your life will matter 100 years from now. What are you, what are you modeling for the future right now? And if we're going to do what the apostles did, because that's what the Bible encourages us to do, as you look into the New Testament, you, you meet when it's dangerous to meet. 
You, you gather when it's not easy to gather. You give yourself to the cause and the purpose of Jesus, and you're part of his family, and you get it, and your children get it. You're a little too quiet for me today. Amen? You gather even when it's dangerous. This is what the apostles did, church. You come together even when it's not convenient in these days. Amen? Because why? You're doing the right thing because God's word told you to. Amen? Easy church, easy believism doesn't change the world. Hello? Get a little passionate about that. Not here to condemn, but you got to understand that before you judge me, let me help you understand as I have been on the other side of the phone, another side of conversations with parents or whatever it may be about their son or their daughter, and those same parents were casual and nonchalant about God in the church. I've heard them cry. I've listened to their pain. And you can't go back to those years when they were younger. But you can build things into their life when they're three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine years of age. Amen? You can do that. And please, I, I don't live in a perfect world. I understand that we, we don't have perfect kids. We would like that, but none of us do. Our, you know, we'd say, hey, our kids done pretty well through life, right? Absolutely. Amen to that. You're welcome. <laughs> My daughter said thank you. Kids run into problems. There's things that they do. I get that. I get that. But what are we doing now to build into their life? What are we doing now? What are we doing now? Now, now. Not living a casual, nonchalant Christianity that won't change the world. coming to terms with the person in the mirror, having a conversation with you as you look at that person in the mirror and say, I am not where I should be today. And when you're off track, you don't blame other people. You take back your life. You move towards God. And lastly, you're powerful. You're powerful. You're powerful. God is all powerful. We're powerful. He is all-powerful. And if, and if you don't know this, you're going to spend your life abdicating your life to your feelings, to your negativity, to what other people think of you. If you don't realize that God has made you powerful. Powerful. Because what happens is in that when, when you, you don't understand how God has called you to live a powerful life, what happens is you're going to resign your power to other people and other things. You're giving your power just to your thoughts and, and your beliefs, and it's taking you away from the life that God has called you to live. I mean, I've gone there. I haven't listened to the GPS in my life sometimes. How about you? I've given away my power, and I realize, wow, I've given it away, and I need to come back and apologize to God. Anybody else done that? Don't give away the power that God has given to you. you got to get it back, and you need to get your life back. This is what Joshua it reminds me of the story in the latter part of his book. He was doing this in front of his whole congregation, he, and all those people that he was leading. He wasn't afraid to stand up and, and make a stand to the people in the land. You, you, you know, you all can go about doing what you want to do, but as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. That I'm taking my power back, and we're going to serve the Lord. We're not going to vote on this. This is what God has called me to do. Amen? 
See, some Christians won't talk about their power because they see it as a dishonor to God, who we know is omnipotent, but there's a difference in believing you're powerful on your own versus being empowered by God. There's nothing noble about denying the power that God has given to you. He even says this, I've given you all power and all authority, right? And sometimes we miss that and we cower into the corner because we don't think it's noble for us to stand up and say, you know what, hey, I am powerful, God, through you. Because listen, playing small doesn't honor God. In fact, if anything, God wants to empower you through the power of the Holy Spirit to live an exceptional life, to live a big life, to live a bold life, to live a victorious life, to live a strong life. God doesn't want you to weaken and shrink back. Amen? He hasn't called you to do that. Yes, acknowledge you're a sinner. Then that without God, you can't do it. We all need him. But then acknowledge who he created you to be, that you have potential and power, and there's greatness in you that he's already written in your life inside of your mother's womb. So here's a little assignment for the week ahead. How many of you like assignments? Good. Let's go back to the verses that I talked about when I started Philippians 4, 12 through 13. That if you're going to take back your life, there's a couple things that maybe you would think about today and think about this next week is he starts off by saying, I know how to get along with little. Um, there are many of you in this room that you realize where you're at now is not where you used to be, Right? to the glory of God. But I think the thing is, is we also look at that as like, yeah, we remember when we didn't have much. You know, Chris and I talk about that. We'll bring that back up. And the only reason why we'll bring that up is, well, we didn't have much when we, were, when we were young, married, but we bring it up to remind ourselves of where God has brought us to. Amen? But yeah, there's, there's those of you in the room. Maybe you have a little today. But he's saying, I, I know how to get along with little. And I also know how to live in prosperity in, every, in any and every situation. You realize where God has brought you from, you didn't have much, and now you're in this area where God has, has blessed you, and you can live in that and bless him and honor him in so many different ways. And then he says, I've learned the secret of being filled and going hungry, both of having abundance and in suffering need. I, I have learned, he says, this is a learning process, the Apostle Paul says, but the secret of being filled and going hungry, both of having abundance and in suffering need. And then he ends by, I can do, what a statement, all of these things, all things through him who strengthens me. Maybe you make this your morning devotion this week. As you go through this, I know how, I also know how I have learned and I can do. I know how to live faithfully. I know how to live consistently. I know how to make a comeback. I know how to stand up on my feet after the enemy has stolen from, from me and I get it all back. I know how. I know how. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me today. Amen. That's his word.
So let's think about that. And let's remember that the Apostle Paul made it personal. It's the four eyes inside of there. I, 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 that we have a choice. Sometimes in Christianity, this is a prevalent thought, but it's a messed up thought. Well, God is sovereign, which means he can do anything he wants to do at any time. He's God. He's in absolute control. Absolutely, he is. But some people rely so much on the sovereignty of God, they don't think they have any part to play in their spiritual walk before the Lord. That's messed up. You and I have been given a free will to walk after God has called us to walk. We are made in his image. It's not just waving a wand. That would be easy. Amen? Are you with me? No, no, no. It takes you and I responding to the voice of God. Go dip yourselves in that river seven times. Not another river, not a river close to your house, but that river in Israel, not the ones you're talking about in Syria. These, this river, this is where I want you to go. And as we come, we let go of our self-will and our stubbornness that we all have inside of us, even though we come on Sunday morning like, cute. Come on. Somebody tell the truth in this room. Right? We all have self-will. We all get stubborn, right? Sure we do. Sure we do. Sometimes it's for the wrong reason. But that you and I would come and say, God, what are you calling me to do? If you're not satisfied with your life today, you can change that. You with God's help. God is sovereign, but he's going to use your voice. He's going to use your actions to change your life from this moment forward. He can do it. So let's pray. Father, thank you today. Thank you today that we are reminded, Lord, in your word that we can take back our life with your help. We are made in your image. You've made us, Lord. You've fashioned us. I pray that we would be confident in that and not step back or, or be weak in that, but be bold. And in that God, we realize that you've given us autonomy. You've given us the power to self-govern underneath your power. God, that we would go do what you have called us to do. Leave the things that we shouldn't be a part of anymore. That, God, you've made us eternal that, God, 300 years from now, we'll still be living. And that, God, I pray that we know that what we do on this earth today will go with us into eternity. And that, God, you've made us powerful. Powerful. Because you've given us all authority to do your will. I pray that right now. I speak this over every person here. Lord, that we would walk in it today. We would walk in it this week. Lord, you've given us the power to live for you and to change our life. In your mighty name we pray. And everybody said, amen. Thank you for tuning in, and we hope you enjoyed today's message. If you'd like to get in touch or would like more resources on how to live a successful Christian life, you can always find us at myabundantlife.com. Have a blessed week.